Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Half the Distance to the Goal, bringing you week two locks tonight. One day late. I know we used to drop on Thursday, but life happens. We all have girlfriends, wives, significant others, jobs, softball games to attend. So <laughs> I had to push it back uh, 24 hours for you. But nevertheless, we're going to bring you the pipe and hot picks coming down the pipe for week two. So this week, we got a special guest joining us, my little brother in our fraternity, Jason Campbell. How's it going? Doing good. How about you guys? Doing well. Nice. And uh, as always, got my co-host, B-Rack Gall. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Ready to uh, hopefully bounce back a little bit this week. How good did it feel just getting into week one? It was nice. It was – I mean, there was definitely some surprises, but – I think it was still – it was really cool to be able to do the picks at the uh, at Carter Family on Thursday night. Yeah, no, that that was definitely uh, awesome. Uh, I wish – I hope we get another – well, no more Thursday games, but, you know, next year. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, and even – well, thinking about they have a Friday game, Thanksgiving, but we probably want to get right? picks before then because I know I'll have some plays on that game. Yeah. Guys, how was it being back at a, you know, packed house? You know, week zero, we didn't really get the full experience. And then last week it was just Thursday to Thursday to Monday night, just packed stadiums, electric games. I think last week really brought us all back to what, what we really look forward to on Saturdays in the fall. So how was it being there in person and enjoying the game? Yeah, I mean, the, the tailgating was fun. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I think I think the Thursday night kind of had a play in this, but the crowd was a little disappointed. I was a little bit disappointed by the crowd in Carter Family. It wasn't as packed as I thought it would. But uh, the Virginia Tech game, Virginia Tech UNC game on Friday night, that definitely made up for that. And then uh, Wisconsin Penn State was wild as well. So those two atmospheres were definitely incredible to watch. Yeah, that uh, that Chapel Hill Virginia Tech game. That was a football game. That was a uh... All smash mouth, you know, you got to make your big plays, got to get your big stops kind of football game. Um, but, no, it was great. I can't wait. So, State is in Starkville this week and then coming home next week and uh, they got Furman and then Clemson after that. So, stuff in Raleigh about to be ramping up. But without further ado, as you guys know, half the distance to the goal, we have a lovely sponsor. It is our friends at 910 Coastal Barbecue. And you may be considered SAT word of the day ignominious if you don't like wholesome barbecue. No, they're definitely worth a good follow on Instagram. I mean, this week they're going to be getting wild. You know, hunting season opened up. They shot some doves. So you'll see some dove recipes, deer seasons getting into swing, bow season. So, um, I mean, even more than barbecue, any sort of recipe for the meat eater, the hunter, Go ahead, tune in, give them a follow. I know a couple of weeks ago they had a, a double bison cheeseburger on their website, and I got that recipe, and it's phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, I agree. The double, the double, it's one of their most recent posts, like you said, the double buffalo bison burger. And I mean, if you just look at the picture on their Instagram, it just looks fantastic. So that's definitely a recipe that I will be using here in the future as well. Yeah, and I know um, our guest picker tonight, Jason, he likes to smoke meat somewhat too. So uh, what you been throwing on the grill uh, down there in, uh, in Tuscaloosa? You know, we, we do everything on the big green egg down here. It's a 
it's just our thing. Uh, we're not about those pellet smokers at all. You got, you know, Northerner guys are about. So throw some pork butts on there for a Saturday. Um, let her go, drink some beers and, and watch some football. So, you know, we're a big pork smoking, uh, ribs, bar, you know, pork butt, that kind of thing. We don't get too fancy down here. We just want something to eat, something to go with our beer. So it's always a good time, though. No, that's awesome. Uh, big green egg, they pricey, but boy, they sure do get the job done. You know, and they're worth it. They're worth it. Yeah, I bet it's worth it. Just like 910 Coastal Barbecue is worth it. So uh, go ahead and give them a follow on Instagram at 910 Coastal Barbecue, all one word, for all the outdoor cooking content, grilling, smoking, even get some little cast iron searing in there. Check them out. You'll, you'll be glad you did. And also, our sponsor will be giving us a smoking hot pick of the week, piping hot out the oven, out the smoker, off the grill, however you want it, they're serving it up to you. So we'll get to that later in the show whenever we hit that game. But first thing we do, as always, we're going to go back and recap week one. So last week was actually awesome. And if you're not listening to me and Brett, you're losing out on free money. So last week, I was the leader in the clubhouse. I was five and one. My wins were NC State laying 19, Ohio State laying 13 and a half. UNC Virginia Tech under 64, never a doubt in that game, as always. And you know what's going to be on the card this week, Bama first half. It was locked in at 10 and a half. Didn't even sweat that. Just lay it. It doesn't matter how big it is. They'll cover it. And I also took my man Chase Severino's Marshall Thundering Herd, laying two and a half to Navy. That was also a blowout. Never a sweat there. So that five and one week brings my season total to seven and one. My one loss was ECU plus nine and a half, and ECU is just as bad. I mean, good God. <laughs> Their offense was supposed to be the strong part of the team, but it sure didn't look like it. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. that's tough. But um, I guess my takeaways from my sheet um, completely, I still think that NC State is very underrated. Um, they cover the spread pretty, pretty easily. I know it's USF, but I really think that they're an underrated team. Ohio State really scared me. You know, I'm probably not playing anything for them this week, and we'll get to that. But, Jesus, I mean, talk about a backdoor cover, like, by the skin of my teeth. That was uh, that was pretty nerve-wracking. Uh, they, they need to get it together up there in Columbus. Um, yeah, you would have you never thought last week watching that game that that, that was going to be a cover for Ohio State. You know, there was a lot of takeaways about that. Maybe it's just week one jitters or whatever it is, but – they need to they need to figure out their defense. They're just, you know, they're thin in the in the secondary. So, you know, we'll see how that turns out this week when we get to that game. We'll talk about it. But that was not an impressive game for for Ohio State. And I think there was a lot of other teams in the top five and six that didn't show their true potential last week. And we'll look to see what they can do this week. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, just looking at my card from last week uh, for five and one. Uh, my two favorite plays, well, Bama first half, always one of my favorites, just an obvious every week, weekly, every week on time. And then Marshall, two and a half against Navy. I ended the podcast and that was my favorite player of the week. I, I mean, two and a half to Navy, and they blew them out. So <laughs> I thought that was a pretty obvious pick. Um, let's go to Brett from last week. Positive as well. So two positive pickers. Brett was three and two. His wins were NC State laying 19. Penn State plus five and a half and Georgia plus three went on. Yeah, you did. You did walk that plank, took Georgia plus three. Unfortunately, his misses were 
West Virginia, they were favored by three. And Brett, please get into this game like so we can discuss. And also UNC minus five was a miss in Blacksburg. So uh, let's talk about the Mountaineers. I mean, I told you the Mountaineers, uh, the, I told you it came down the quarterback position. We um, we just, the quarterback position is weak. We have Jared Dagey, who actually, he was our quarterback last year, and he actually got benched in the bowl game because he was playing so bad. All we heard about this offseason was that he has improved in the pocket, He's scrambling more. He's been more mobile, and he looked like a stick the whole time against Maryland. So we play LIU this week, so hopefully we're going to see a little bit of reps from the backup, Garrett Green, in there. And then um, you know who comes down to uh, Morgantown the next week. Okay. Yep. So we got a lot of improvements to do. We could very well start off one and three because after VT we have Oklahoma. So – a lot needs to be figured out this week going into next week. But, yeah, we got a, got a hand to the Terps. They played well, but we really shot ourselves in the foot with a bunch of things. And then the Carolina game, I, I've been hyping up Sam Howell in this podcast for a while now. And, boy, they just – they looked bad. I mean, all, losing those two running backs last year, wide receivers as well, they just – they did not look good on Friday night, last Friday night. But, I mean, that atmosphere was just incredible to watch. Yeah, it was sick. And I know I was texting – or I was actually driving to uh, Wilmington to go dove hunting last weekend. And I left Charlotte right around like 5.45, 6 o'clock. So, right when I got on the highway, I didn't place a bet on that Virginia Tech uh, Chapel Hill game. And when I saw that entrance, you know, just like had a feeling. I was like Virginia Tech money line. And obviously was driving on the highway and couldn't lay it. But – God, I, I'm glad they got it done on the field. That was awesome to see. And w- what a big game for Fuente, too, because he needed that game. He yeah, needed that oh, game. absolutely. Yep, that was a big one for him. Um, but, Jay, before we go to you and get your thoughts on week one uh, even further, uh, Brett, let's look at some of our, our over-under win totals. So just looking at the ACC and Big Ten, looking at mine, Chapel Hill under 10, that's actually tracking uh, fairly well. Uh, they have UVA in a couple weeks, and I think UVA may be able to give them a game based on what we saw. So, Chapel Hill under 10 is still in play. State over six, that's still looking good. And uh, Syracuse actually got it done on the field, and they have a big game this week. So, Syracuse, I need two more wins to push. Feeling pretty good about that. But even more so, my, my last two Big Ten teams that I locked, Indiana under eight, they got crushed by Iowa. Yeah. We'll talk about – we'll talk about Iowa – like a little later on, but yeah, that game was going into it. That game was supposed to be a great game and Michael Penix Jr. in Indiana, they just, they got, I mean, they got destroyed. Like you yeah, said. They, yeah, they did. So, and I, that win total was at eight, like that out of anything. Um, I thought that was very high. So I, yeah. looking at that Indiana team, I definitely think that's going to hit. Oh yeah. After, 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 week, after week one, I feel like under eight is a lock, honestly. Yeah, I, I definitely think so, too. And Michigan State also got it done, and they're over on visit four. They beat Northwestern, so um, I was feeling pretty good about that. So, But, Brett, question for you. You took Clemson over 11 and a half, uh, so you really needed that Georgia game for your season over. Yeah, I mean, there was the offensive line for Clemson. I mean, that game was kind of snooze fest, if I'm being honest. I mean, it was a, it was a defensive battle. 
the whole time. And if it wasn't for the pick six, it would have been 3-3. So it was a really defensive battle game. You kind of want, kind of like the Penn State-Wisconsin game as well. But, you, I mean, you expect that from the Big Ten. But, yeah, the uh, the Clemson-Georgia game was – it was a tough – tough game to watch at some points and Clemson has a lot to work on and we'll get back. We'll talk about Clemson a little later, maybe, but the way that ACC is right now and kind of how weak they are, it kind of brings up the question is, is Clemson done? Do they even have a chance for the playoff, even if they go undefeated the rest of the year? Yeah, no, I agree. And also looking at your ACC big 10 plays. Um, I know we got to get to the locks, but you had Wisconsin under nine and a half. Uh, that's looking really good. And I know it was against your boys, but you had Maryland over five and a half. And that's that looks pretty good. They needed that West Virginia win. Yeah, they did. I mean, they look solid, too. I mean, to his younger brother, Talia, he's he's playing well. They got stud wide receivers as well. I mean, their defense wasn't terrible either. So I think they could be a little dark horse maybe in the Big Ten. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, looking at my SEC Big 12 plays, Pretty nervous about Oklahoma now, and we're definitely going to talk about them later because their showing against Tulane was terrible. Uh, my Kansas under one already missed, so I'm hoping for a push. And <laughs> I guess out of all the rest of my plays, Ole Miss over seven still looking good. They looked really, really good. They did. I, I don't I don't know if it was just Louisville looked that bad, but on the defensive side, especially Ole Miss looks sharp. And they were playing that game with Aline Kiffin as well, so – Speaking of uh, Kansas, they're up 9-7 right now yeah. on the coast of Carolina. I've got it on the phone right here next to the laptop, and, and you know, I think this is going to turn out to be a, a good game to get us into tomorrow. But, um, yeah, going off, you know, what we were talking about, the Clemson game, I don't – I didn't know watching that game whether to think of it as, you know, Alabama, LSU, the 9-6 game, you know, like where it's just deadlocked, where it's, yeah. you know, both teams, they look good, but they don't look great. And that's kind of what it was to start the season last week was do we, you know, is Georgia really that good? Is that, is Clemson that good, whether it's just, you know, a deadlock or are they both, you know, mediocre and how are we going to, it? because it's the beginning of the season, like what do we take away from that game? Was it two incredible powerhouses or was it two teams that might not be as good as we thought they were? So we'll definitely talk about that later on. Um, I've got a couple couple you know opinions on Georgia and and Clemson that we'll talk about but that's what I thought watching that game was you know what do we what do we take away from this it's week one so there's only so much you can can think about but week one overall it was fantastic you know games Thursday to, to Monday it was awesome to, to have college football back um, you know like I said earlier but besides Alabama the top five or six teams, you know, didn't live up to the expectation of what we wanted to see or what most people see college football as is the five, you know, the top five teams are just going to run away with every game until the end of the season. So I hope that that means that this year we're going to have better competition come come conference championship game. And uh, we'll just see what happens, you know, later on. But, you know, I'm excited for the college football season. So we can go ahead and get into week two if you guys are ready. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just want to – Let's talk about, I mean, Alabama. It, it looks like Alabama and then the rest of the field right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it, it it doesn't even look close, if we're being honest. I mean, he just – Nick Saban, once again, he just did it, just threw in the, 
another freshman and Bryce Young right now. And I mean the offense. And I mean, I don't I don't think people understand how big of a hire Bill O'Brien is as well as offensive coordinator. I mean, the guy's a he's a mastermind on the offensive side. You saw what he did at Penn State when he was the head coach there. I mean, the guy's a smart guy and that was a big hire for Saban as the offensive coordinator. So Jason, how'd you feel after the Bama Miami game? Is that what you expected or were you looking for them to look a little bit more rusty? You know, it's easy sledding being a Bama fan these days. You know, we had some tough years a long time ago, but with Saban, it's, it's been pretty easy. But if you go back and look years past all of our games, either in Jerry World or Atlanta to start the season, they've always ended like this, whether it's Penn State, Michigan, USC. Um, Miami was just another notch on the belt for, you know, showing up and showing who's ready to play. Um, we saw a lot of it last week of teams that, Looked like they were a bit rusty after, you know, the offseason and Alabama just comes out and, and lays it down. And, and Nick Saban, you know, we heard this week he wasn't happy with the way they played. You know, I mean, how can you not be happy with that as a fan? But obviously, as a coach, he saw some things in the second half that he wasn't happy with. So I feel bad for Mercer this week going into Bryant Denny. Those fans are going to be crazy after a year not being allowed in the stadium. So. I'm not picking that game, but I wanted to just say, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised if there's a shutout in Brian Denny this week because because those boys are they played well, but but we're getting better. So um, that's just how it is in Tuscaloosa nowadays is we expect every down, every play to be be perfect. And I think we're going to see that this week, hopefully. Yeah, no, I agree. And um, let's let's go ahead and start there because, you know, I have that play. So. Bama first half. I'm trying to look up and see what I can get it at as a consistent spread on this. Honestly, there may they may not even be offering a Bama first half. Line. Yeah, it might. Oh. If I was to guess, I'd probably say it's like around 35. That's would be my guess. But I'm not. I'm not touching the game um, just because I've got other picks I'd rather make. But um, like I said, if there's a prop bet somewhere to put a shutout and Bama Mercer, I would not hesitate to no. take that just because of the things Saban said this week. And, and I think the, the defense is just going to play lights out in Bryant Denny with the crowd. So, Yeah, so I'm looking online, and it looks like a 56-and-a-half point spread. Jesus. <laughs> so, yeah, I can't find a, a first-half line. Um, so I guess I'm not playing that this week. I, it's just too much of a disparity. doesn't look like anyone wants to offer it. Um, I'm not playing that game. So no Bama first half play this week, but, you know, it's there in my heart. All right, Brett, you have a play on that game, Bama Mercer? No, I do not. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, Jason, you're our guest. Uh, we always let you guys go first, so go ahead and take us to your first play of the week. Yeah, so, you know, I like to go in chronological order just to keep track and, and make things easier on the listener and myself. Um, I'm going to take it first off to Greenville with our friends up there at ECU. Yes, um, so South Carolina going into ECU um, with their, you know, woes on offense with, with figuring out who their quarterback is. Um, they actually played well last week. I think, um, you know, they showed that, you know, it doesn't really matter who you've got playing in the SEC. You've got talent around you, so they're gonna they're gonna play well. So my pick there is, is South Carolina. I, I got them at minus two, which is kind of surprising. Um, so I think they're gonna go into ECU and 
like we saw last week, ECU didn't play very well. Um, my keys, though, for the game are going to be penalties on both sides. So I think the game is going to come down to who can play the cleanest game. Um, and, you know, we'll see we'll see what South Carolina really is this year. And I think they're going to they're going to come out of Greenville with the win. Sorry to all my friends over there at ECU, but I just think that's how it's going to be. Yeah, I, I thought about I I'm not gonna pick this one, but I thought about it. But are they are they playing the are they playing Zeb again? The uh the GA transfer? Yeah. Yeah. As are far they, as I know they are, yeah. But he didn't look terrible last week. No, so he didn't look bad. I mean, uh, I'm not taking this one though. I mean, his stat line was weird, 121 yards and four touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, in South Carolina put up four hundred and thirty-nine yards. I mean, they their offense moved well. It's just they didn't really – I mean, it wasn't a, a big game, but I still think it just shows that you put somebody out there in the system, you know, with SEC talent and, and the ball moves. So I think, I think it's a, not an easy pick, but that, that's, that's what I feel is going to happen in that game, yep. early game. So we'll see how Greenville responds to SC coming into town. So I took this line earlier in the week, and if you don't know, EC or – South Carolina actually opened as a four-point underdog. I took it personally at USC plus two, and now they're a two-point favorite. So that's a whole six-point swing, um, I guess, for the lock sick. I'm taking it no matter what. I will play it with Jason as USC being the favorite, but just letting you know, like, watch those lines early in the week because I yeah. see this like I did Marshall Navy. Like, I was loaded. Like, I don't bet too big a units, but – I mean, I bet like six units on this game <laughs> at USC plus two, and it just kept shifting. I, I have really good value in this play, and I don't think there's any way USC loses this game to that East Carolina team that we saw last week. And like yeah, I said, and I, and the I'm over-under set at 56 and a half right now. So, again, I, I don't see – now, I'm taking the under in that because I think both these teams have their problems. Is it a I think we're going to – uh, I'm not going to lock it in, but I think okay. the under is a good play here because I think both offenses are going to have turnovers and they're going to have penalties. It's going to be difficult to score at times. So we'll keep an eye on that as well, but I'm, I'm not going to lock it in for the show. Okay, cool. Yeah, like I'm always known for Pirate Nation. You know, if I wish I could go to that game tomorrow just because of tailgating, like those are two fan bases. I go balls to the wall. Like it's going to be a great time. But yeah, uh, USC late to – I took them at a two dog, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be sleeping pretty easy tonight, knowing I got that value. So, Brett, me and Jason both have a play. Take us somewhere. I am going to uh, Pitt head into Tennessee. Pitt is a three and a half favorite, and I'm gonna take them the three and a half. I it's, I mean Tennessee, they won last week, but they were also playing Bowl Green, probably one of the worst teams in college football honestly and I just I just think the quarterback position is still a question mark for them they have the transfer Milton from Michigan and I just I don't know I mean Pitt still has Kenny Pickett who sounds like he's he seemed like he's been there for about 10 years at this point <laughs> but I, I like Pitt to uh go at the into Tennessee and actually uh take this win I I just I think they're the more complete team right now than Tennessee. I, I think Milton will struggle in the at the quarterback position because he's not playing Bowling Green this weekend. 
What you got, Jay? Well, how do you feel about this this game? You got yeah. This is this is another one of the games that I was looking at all week. Um, Tennessee did start out really slow last week against Bowling Green. It you know they looked you know every Tennessee fan's nightmare is hyping up the season and then coming out looking like that you know early, but. I actually am taking them at plus three for this game. Uh, okay. So I think Tennessee, you know, again, it's hard to pick against SEC teams early in the year. I know we saw what happened to LSU last week against UCLA. But other than that, I think most of the SEC teams, you know, showed why they're SEC teams. So for that reason only, because it's difficult for me to, to go against the SEC this early um, before we figure out who everybody is, I think Tennessee is going to pull this one out uh, as a plus three favorite. So. Cool. So I'll give you plus three if that's the line you got. Um, Brett, I will also give you minus three uh, for the lock spot because I'll, this was also a line that I took early. Um, it's not as fair to see USC ECU line though, so I'll keep it at three. So I'm I'm taking Pitt. I think Pitt is a very physical team in Denver Tech. I didn't see Tennessee play last week because we were at Carter Finley, but I mean, I think it just comes down to quarterback for me. Like you said, Kenny Pickett's been there like 12 years and, yeah. you know, Tennessee's still a little bit shaky with their quarterback, I believe. You know, if if whoever's starting for them comes out, like, shaky, I wouldn't be surprised if Hendon Hooker got some snaps and so forth. And, I mean, the balls have to prove it. I mean, I know they're at home. Like, Neyland Stadium's actually a very awesome, cool place to go watch a game. But I, I, I think Pitt's going to be an upper-tier ACC team this year. And I think Tennessee's going to be a, a bottom-tier SEC team. So, uh, three points, I'll take it all day, every day. Yep. All right, so I will play next. I am going to be the ultimate homer and take my Virginia Tech Hokies. I got them laying 19 points against Middle Tennessee State. And I usually don't like Virginia Tech in big spreads, but the reason I am taking them for this game laying 19 is because the offense didn't really get to open up last week. So I think before we get it, like go to Morgantown and get into ACC play, uh, Fuente really wants to know what we got. So I feel like we're going to try to hang half a hundred on the board. And our defense looked really good last week. And, you know, you know who the starting quarterback for Mid-Tennessee is? Um, our old NC State boy, Hockman. Is it? Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, I'd take, I'd take the spread at 30 then, honestly. Yeah, and, and he he was solid last year. Uh, but I, I, I mean I'm – I'm, really, I'm not a big Hockman guy, honestly. I, I mean, he – he couldn't throw the ball down the field. So, give or take, they played Monmouth last week, but his stat line was 17 for 23, 215 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions, which is a solid serviceable game. But Virginia Tech's defense is going to be worlds better than Monmouth. And I really think we're going to try to gas up that car and uh, go drag racing. So, so you don't think there's going to be a little hangover, maybe? No. Nah, After nah. the North Carolina win? No, I think Virginia Tech. In our history, I can like as a kid, I remember Frank Beamer had a top 10 team. JMU came into Lane Stadium and beat us. Uh, what was it, six years ago? We went down to Greenville after a big win and ECU beat us. But two years ago, Old Dominion beat us like after a big win. Like I, Virginia Tech, I mean, we are allergic to or we're we're prone to hangover games, but from the team I saw last week, I think that they're going to be pretty damn focused. And, again, Fuente's job's on the line the whole season, so yeah. I don't think he really has room to let them hang around for a hangover game. So let's go hang half a hundred and keep them under 20. <laughs> Jason, you got to play? 
No, I'm going to stay away from those, you know, boring games this week. I just feel like week two, we've got like two different <laughs> slates here. Like we've got, we've got games that I'm really interested in. And I think, you know, a lot of people are going to be tuning into, and then we've got those games that are just flip games that are, you know, so I'm, I'm staying away from all those. I actually want to pick some competitive matchups this week, or at least most of the way. So we'll, we'll see, but nothing on, nothing on VT. And that's Marcus's like, that's one of Marcus's like seven teams. So it's like, uh, you know, <laughs> It, it, it's whichever one is winning at the time. Exactly. <laughs> I, I don't have to defend myself on my own show. <laughs> all right, Jason, what you got next? Um, let's see. If we want to stick with the with the times for the games, I guess we'll stay uh, up in Columbus with Ohio State and Oregon. It's a big game. I don't understand what Fox is doing with the 11 o'clock kickoff. Like, I mean, I guess if you're competing with the SEC at 3.30, or, you know, you're competing with, with the Pac-12. I mean, why would you play this game at, at noon? It doesn't make any sense to me, but whatever. I, I'm there for it. Like, who cares? So, in this game, you know, Ohio State looks okay last week. Um, their, their rush defense is terrible. But I don't, you know, I can see Oregon running the ball, you know, getting it wide on them. But, you know, Oregon also did not play very good last week against Fresno State. We saw that. Um so this is, you know, one of those games where it's it's dangerous, but I think Ohio State, again, being one of those top five teams that everybody expects to run away with the season. I have Ohio State at minus 14 and a half. I think that they can, you know, pull it together and at least figure that they're going to score points. The over is at 63 and a half. Um, I'm actually going to take the over as well. So I think this game turns into a bit of a shootout, but I think Ohio State will get it together. Um, and if CJ Stroud plays a clean game with, with limited turnovers and, you know, stupid mistakes, like we saw last week, I think, I think Ohio state gets it done. And, and we, we continue the conversation in the next week about the top five teams, you know, no play for me. I got a back door last week and I'm staying away from that swinging door. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually took this too. I took I, Ohio state to cover the 14 and a half. I think. I mean, both teams left a lot to be desired in week one, like you said. Fresno, or, uh, Fresno State gave Oregon all they could handle. And that game, in the, especially in the first half with the Ohio State and Minnesota, was a good game. But I think C.J. Stroud finally kind of got his stride towards the end of, end of the game. I We were at Carter-Finley, so didn't, didn't get to watch that game. But I did see some highlights. And I think he started to finally settle down during the second half. So – I think this is a gutsy play. I really do, but I am also taking them to cover the 14 and a half. Yeah, Ohio State's defense last week, again, they did not look good. And then Minnesota's running back went out with that with that leg injury, and they still were able to move the ball some. Ohio State just outlasted them in the end. Um, again, it was if you're watching that game, you think there's no way they're going to cover, and and they come back and do it. So that just comes with being Ohio State and being one of those those teams is you can. And sometimes, sometimes you just overpower whoever you're playing. It doesn't matter what day it is. So, I think I think Oregon's gonna gonna feel that this week. Yeah. Um, all right. So y'all are on the same side. And Jason, you have over sixty three and a half. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Before I keep on going, you know, I completely slipped my mind. We did get that piping hot pick from nine one zero Coastal Barbecue. Um, they are also on our first play of the podcast. USC laying to Wilcox. 
So that is our sponsor pick. And so, I mean, everybody but Brett's on it might be. Yeah, we've got, we've got some friends at ECU that aren't going to be very happy with us over this one. Um, so we're going to hear about this on Saturday if ECU ends up pulling it out. Yeah, but I'm riding with you emotionally. I'm I'm hey. a tired nation, but I, I think go. the team's I think the team's shit. Yeah, go Cox. <laughs> Let's go. Go Cox. There we go. Okay. Um, I'm debating about playing this game. I need one of you to talk me off the ledge. Uh, the service game of the week, Air Force Navy. Are we taking the oh. 31? I had it in my honorable mentions. Um, this is just one of those games. Runner? Yeah, it opened at 45, and <laughs> now it's like 41's the best number I see. You need 40 and a half yeah. most, but we'll we'll say 41. Are we taking it? Yeah, I jotted that one down just as like an honorable. Like a lot of people hate those games like last week, the the Penn State, Wisconsin, and the Clemson, Georgia. As an Alabama guy, like I love that kind of football. I'm just a let's like let's get out on the field for 60 minutes. The game takes two and a half hours to play, and you're just you're just running at each other for two hours. So I like the game. I'm taking the over. Like, I want the over in that. I had Again, I had it in my honorable mention. So I think, you know, Navy has looked good in years past. They've been able to put up a little bit of points against people. Um, I think that it's – I mean, this is just one of those games, like, who cares? But, again, it's one of those games you want to watch if you're a, a real, you know, old-school football guy. So – but – what do you think, Marcus? Uh, well, there's nothing more September 11th than an Army Navy under. I feel like, I mean, just a bash them, like beat each other to their blue in the face, running style kind of game. I took this as a personal play. I took under 41, but I'm not playing it for the locks, you know. And really, when I was talking about jumping on early lines like the USC line, I should have taken this as soon as it opened at 45. Ended yeah. up locking it in at 41, but I still feel good. I mean, it's two option teams, and I think it's American to see service games go under. You know, put the defense on. Don't don't. <laughs> so uh, well, that'll be a game I'm definitely tuning into. Again, as the slate goes on tomorrow afternoon, it gets a little dry in the in the early afternoon. So I'm definitely going to be tuning into that. Um, we don't get into some of the better games until later in the afternoon, so that'll be a good filler. That one will be a good sober you up game while you just sit there on the couch and and watch the game go on and on because there's not going to be any stoppages in that one. All right. So was your number 41 or 40 and a half? You can take it at whatever you got. I think it was at the at the 41 and a half. I'll take the over in that. Okay. 41 and a half. Right. Over for the service academy game of the week. All right. So I have three plays. Jason has five. Greg, give us one. I am going to a uh, 4.30 kickoff, Iowa State at home versus Iowa. I was coming off the pretty much ass-whooping of Indiana that we mentioned earlier. And then Iowa State kind of struggled in their first game. This is, this, this is a huge game for Iowa State. Matt Campbell has not beaten Iowa since he has been there in Ames. But they do have college game day. College game day decided to go here instead of – the Oregon and Ohio State game. So I think it's going to be a crazy atmosphere. I do think Iowa State is in contention for the Big 12. 
title. So I'm going this one this one is a little risky to me, especially since they haven't beat Iowa in the last how many years has it been? A lot. But yeah. But a lot I'm, of years. And they've been they've probably been favoring in the good in the last couple. So I'm but I'm gonna stick with my gut here. I'm gonna go Iowa State to cover the four and a half against Iowa. All right. Yeah, I'm playing that one as well. Um so again, we saw Iowa State did not show much last week. Iowa looked like they were in, in season form. They looked ready to go. Um I think Iowa gets it done at the plus four and a half. Um Sorry to go against Brett again, but, you know, I, th- I just think that Iowa looks like the more put together football team. And that that means a lot in the early part of the season. Um, you know, you can have the best team out there and a, a lesser team can give you a run if you're if you're not ready to play. So I look for Iowa to, to win it. I think it comes down to either the last possession or the last five minutes of the game. But that's just how these games normally go. So. Iowa plus four and a half is my is my play. All right, big little alignment. I'm also taking the Hawkeyes plus four and a half. After seeing both teams last week, I really thought that um, you know, this probably would have been a field goal game. So getting a point and a half of insurance, I'll take it. Uh, I think Iowa is going to get it done on the field. I don't really think I'll need the points. So uh, Brett, I'm not pulling for you on this one, uh, but me and Jay, <laughs> we're in agreement. Let's go Hawkeyes. Yes, sir. All right, Brett, why don't you give us another one? So this is actually, depending, I'll see if you guys got any ones that I want to jump on, but this is my last one. And this is the Wolf Pack traveling to Starkville <laughs> and facing uh, Mississippi State. <laughs> so Mississippi State, they played uh, Louisiana Tech last, and honestly, they should have they probably should have lost to Louisiana Tech um, last weekend. They got all they could handle last week. They yeah. did. From actually a former West Virginia transfer, Austin Kendall. But they uh, they did not look good last week. And then me and, me and Marcus, we were there. We saw the drubbing that State gave South Florida, probably one of the worst college football teams as well. But, hey, regardless, it was still shut out. So, State – is actually favored in this game by a point. I'm going to take State to cover. And I'm going to trust that State just doesn't do a State thing and actually <laughs> actually covers. This game worries me, Marcus, because I think the atmosphere will be great. But I just like the way that the defense and the offense looked. I thought Leary looked good enough after his injury last year coming back from it. Mm-hmm. And then Ricky Person and – Bam Knight at good running God, back. They look good. Just a, it's just a <laughs> double punch at running back for them. So I think, if anything, I think this game could go back and forth because we know Mississippi State can score as well. So, but I, I, I do like I, I like State to cover this, and then I think potentially State will be in undefeated when uh, Clemson comes to town here in a couple weeks. Heck yeah, no Brett, I'm rolling with you, and out you got the line at one. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'll take it at one for the pod, too. But this line was everywhere. State was two and a half at one point, or a two and a half point favorite. I locked it in personally at one and a half. 
it dropped to a pick em on my book. I locked in state as a pick em, and I guess I'm locking it up for the pot at one, but good God, give me the Wolfpack. I think, again, I think state's severely underrated. And like you said, that running attack is no joke. And even like Emeka Mezzi on the outside, state has playmakers. And I really think the SEC and the rest of the world at 730 is going to see that the ACC isn't just Clemson and everybody else, you know. They, and even like when Pitt goes to Tennessee, like they don't see them. ACC boys can play. So, and again, watching that Mississippi State game last week, their run defense is trash. And that may be state's best aspect of their team. So if we keep punching them in the mouth, our line gets after them. I think it could be a long day for the Pirate uh, down in Starkville. So uh, I'm taking an NC State minus one. So I flip-flopped on this game about six times today. Um, SEC diehard. I, I want to say the Cowbell is going to get to the Wolfpack. Um, I, I, I flip-flopped so many times, especially because it's, you know, a pick em game, basically. Um, I want to roll with you guys. Let's roll with NC State. Let's roll with the Wolfpack. I want to I see, see somebody, uh, you know, give Clemson a run. I know we've seen it in years past where – Chapel Hill, um, you know, somebody just stand up to Clemson and the ACC. That would make the ACC a lot more interesting. Um, so let's let's take let's take state, and you know, let's roll with it and let's lock it in as a as a podcast. So I like I like oh, state yeah. uh, state minus one. They, they'll probably lose. Go. They'll probably lose by twenty now. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, gonna, that's what I'm. That's what I'm afraid of. I wanted to go yeah, against you both just, of you guys. You you just never know what state's going to do on a weekly basis. I mean, you really don't. But if if you're a Clemson fan, you need state to probably win out. Honestly, yeah, yeah, because that's exactly what I'm thinking. Is you have to have, you have to get some of these ACC teams in the top 15. Yeah, and you've got to knock them off in convincing fashion. Because the way you looked opening night against Georgia, just getting manhandled the whole game. Um, there's but. Again, it's Clemson. It's the college football playoff. We, you know, we can talk about reform of the college football playoff, but you know, when it, at the end of the year, it's going to be a tough discussion if Clemson doesn't have two or three really big wins, you know, at the end of the year. So we'll see. Yeah, heck yeah, no, I love it. I love it. I love it. And Brett, like you said, so if they get past Mississippi State, State will have Furman. Then they got Clemson coming into town. And the week after Clemson, they got uh, – who just gave Mississippi State a run for their money, Louisiana Tech. Uh, that might be a trap game coming off Clemson. It, it could it could be. It could be a good yeah. game. I mean, it could be a tough game, honestly. I mean – Law yeah. Techs look good. They, the they last couple of years, they look good. Yeah. So, I think this right. is definitely a win that State needs. Uh, all right. So, we're all in alignment. Wolfpack weighing one. Uh, Jay, take us somewhere. Yeah, I think that's all my – I think I've got all the early games out. I want to stick to the 330 – you know, 2.30 my time, but 3.30 you guys' time bracket. This is kind of one of those games that no one's really going to be watching, but I will be. Uh, it's going to be UAB at Georgia. So UAB is – is well, they didn't have a football program a couple of years ago, but they won the Conference USA last year. They looked good last week. I watched the game a little bit. They just look, you know, ready to play. They're going into Athens – Georgia coming off a very tough game against Clemson where their offense didn't put up any points besides the field goal. Um, again, I don't know whether to chalk that up as, you know, two powerhouses just duking it out or whether both those teams are not as good as we thought. But Georgia's quarterback, 
uh, is day-to-day right now, so he may not go. JT Daniels might not play, so they might have a backup. He's officially out, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. So earlier today, I got UAV at plus 23 and a half. Um, I look for Georgia to be a little slow coming off last week. They've got some injuries, uh, not only at quarterback, but a couple on the defensive side. I look for UAB just to come in there fired up. I mean, this is their one big game of the year that they get to show what, you know, what they have. So, you know, let's roll with the Blazers. Um, and I'll take them, take them at 23 and a half to, to make it at least a game for three quarters. And then, and then I think Georgia gets it done in the end. I don't think UAB has a chance to win, but I think they cover. I like it. I, this bowl, they, they could get it done. Um, if there's one spot where Georgia's had trouble, it was finding that sustainable quarterback, you know, like, and it was just them choosing what the right guy to go to. So I don't know how good their backups are. Like they had Justin Fields in that program. And they, they chose did. Jacob Eason. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, though JT Daniels isn't playing, I wasn't really impressed with him last weekend either. I mean, I thought he played decent, but I think there's a lot to be still a lot to be desired in the quarterback room for Georgia. I mean, that yeah. that defense just dominated. That that's really what it came to. Yeah, no, and I'm looking at the line movement on this. Um, if you would have taken this earlier in the week, you could have got 27 and a half. That's 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 a big jump. And now I'm like it's down 23 and a half. Some places 22 and a half. Uh, 23 and a half is still a good number. That's good value. So I think you're on the yeah. right side. Um, backdoor cover maybe, but maybe George is just trying to like milk the clock. You never know. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. You would think they would want to open up their offense too, but with the backup quarterback, you may just want to dumb them down, like not let them make a lot of mistakes. And the over-unders at 44. Yeah, that's what I, I was looking at the over-under, but I I don't want to touch that. You know, this game can go either way. That might be. But number. Georgia's defense looks – yeah, Georgia's defense looks very good. Um, the under is what I had penciled in, like just for my own thoughts. But um, – I think UAB's defense played well last week. They pitched a shutout. Um, it was against Jacksonville State, which isn't a whole lot. But, um, you know, Georgia playing maybe with a couple backups in a, on offense. And, a, you know, their defense is obviously really good. So, you know, who knows? Um, but I think UAB will cover still. So. so in the way I bet games, I try to get a read on them and then go with a pick. I kind of see this game like 32-7. Like, like thirty-two nine, like maybe they just kick through field goals and don't get in the end zone. <laughs> I'm gonna keep this in the back of my mind for a personal play. Let me see how the over under was moving. Um, I would imagine it was up around like fifty-three or fifty-two um, earlier in the week. Okay. It probably dropped a little bit when they found out JTD. Yeah. wasn't so the over under from what I see from most places open around 44, 45, and it's still hanging around 44. I would take the under then. Yeah, take the under. Yeah, that might be a personal play, not locking it, but that's probably going to my portfolio. All right. That would be very exciting if, if UAB made that like a decent game, like middle of the third quarter. I would be, you know, obviously I want the SEC to play well and show out because we got all the haters out there, but. You know, the Blazers have had a tough stretch the last couple of years and they played very good football. So, you know, let's let's bring the program back a little bit. All right, cool. So Jason has UAB plus 23 and a half, no plays on the over-under. I will take us to my next pick. I have two more left. 
I'm playing uh, another SEC game. I'm playing Missouri, a five and a half point dog. Um, I, I think Kentucky is a good program. I think Stoops has it going on. They, they looked very good last week against uh, Louisiana Monroe. Um, but I think Missouri's going to win the football game. Uh, Missouri, it opened up at four and a half. It, Missouri's currently getting five and a half delay, or they're catching five and a half. So, you know, um, I'm on the Tigers in the win totals. I thought that they were a better team than Kentucky. So uh, go out and prove it, boys. I'll take all the points I can get in this game. Five and a half, Missouri. Brett, you got anything on that? Because I do. I know you go ahead. I don't. I don't. I don't hate the pick, but I am not taking it. Yeah, this is another. You know, not one of my major focus games for the week, but it's the first SEC matchup of the year, so we're getting into you know early conference games again at Kentucky. I think Kentucky plays well. Um, I have Kentucky. I had them at minus minus five, so. I think Kentucky will will win by two scores at least. Um, so I'm going to go against Marcus on that one. I don't really have an opinion on either team. Um, I just know what, you know, their records have shown in the past. And I think Kentucky at home uh, gets it done this week. But I don't have a whole lot to, to talk about with both of those teams. I guess we'll see what they do this week. I mean, Kentucky can win the game, just win it by a field goal. <laughs> <laughs> I think they'll win by 10. I'd be a okay with that. I mean, it could happen. Um, it's really too – Kentucky looked a little bit better than I thought they would in that first game. So that's what yeah. scared, scared me a little bit. But, again, you know, I was bullish on Missouri, so let's roll. Um, Jason, how many more – got to stick with them. I think I just have one more, um, which is probably the, the focus game of the week for most of college football fans, which is Texas and Arkansas. Um, I think this game – Obviously, you know, everybody watched Texas last week. We wanted to see what they would, would you know, get done. Um, Arkansas played terrible against Rice, but they somehow managed to cover 19 points after being down uh, in the third quarter. So I look for Arkansas to ba- bounce back. Um, I'm a big fan of their, their coach, Pittman. Um, I think, you know, Texas has a lot to prove in the next year or two coming to the SEC, and I think the – renewal of this rivalry uh, coming back is going to fire up a lot of Arkansas fans and that place is going to be rocking on Saturday. Um, so I have Arkansas at plus seven um, classic Texas move here uh, to just show everybody that they're not back. Uh, I want to see a lot of horns down at, at uh, that's a penalty. Yeah. I want to see a lot of it this week from Arkansas. It's the SEC. No one cares about the big, Big 12 stupid rules about the horns down. So, um, yeah, that's my play in that one. Uh, blue pick. They're going to be uh, your peers here in a little bit. Yeah, well. Yeah, they'll be sooner than four years. Well, I mean, they'll, they'll still be losing. It's just they'll get more money to lose. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. It, it's one of those games where it's like be careful what you wish for coming to the SEC because Arkansas is a mid-pack SEC team, and I think they show Texas like, you know, we're the big dogs around here. So I'm hoping Arkansas will will lay it down on them. Brett, you have a play? I, so I've gone back and forth on this game. This game is really intriguing to me. Like like Jason, I'm a big fan of Pittman. I mean, that they last year they were supposed to just suck, and he made them very competitive. And honestly, they probably could have won a couple more games that they did last year. They should have beat Auburn. That Auburn game, Auburn. yeah. That was true. bullshit. They bullshit. got screwed. 
they got screwed against Auburn. So I mean, I you know what? You've got me sold. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Arkansas to cover this. Texas, like like you said, Texas is all we're always talking about Texas. It's like Dallas, it's like the Cowboys every single year, you know? The Cowboys are back. If the Cowboys are back, what are the Cowboys gonna do? And the Cowboys never make the playoffs. And it's like the same thing with Texas. Texas every single year, like they're back, and then they have these one these they have these random games where they just just fall apart. And yeah, I'm still not sold on them. I do think Steve Sarkeesian will be able to kind of bring this this team back. It it hasn't been about getting the recruits; it's just been about coaching them up. But I do I think this place will be rocking. And you know what? Yeah, take me, give me Arkansas to cover the seven. As much as I want to join you guys, this line opened at Texas minus four and a half. I probably would have been on Texas then. Yeah, they're a seven point favorite. So I would probably be on Arkansas now. So I think you guys are on the right side, but I mean, screw everything, dude. Bet a little bit on the money line, the pigs. <laughs> I think they're going to get it done. On the field. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked at that at all. That's why I'm taking them at plus seven. Um, you know, that would be a huge, huge boost for the SEC after, you know, last week the SEC played very well um, across the board, but LSU obviously had a blunder. But I think this, you know, is one of those games we can all look at and say, I want to hear SEC in, in, in Arkansas Stadium on Saturday. I want to hear the SEC chance, you know, letting Texas fans know that they're 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 headed to the promised land, so we'll we'll see what happens tomorrow yeah, night at seven o'clock. That crowd's not going to be friendly to Texas at all. As they should. No, 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 no. Yeah, Jason, you ever been to uh, Arkansas Stadium? I have not. My parents have gone several times. Um, I need to start making my laps around the SEC, but uh, we'll get to that once we you know have some money stuff like that. So. I'm looking. I'm looking to start making laps around the SEC. I've been to Starkville. I've been to uh, Columbia. Columbia is probably the best environment, like away environment that I've ever been to. Really? Baton Rouge obviously is is nuts. Yeah, when, when I went to the Alabama SC game back in like 2000 and I guess it would have been 2011 when SC beat Alabama as a number one seed, and that place was like electric. When I say electric, like it just made every hair on your body stand up, even as an away like fan. So um, I need to start making my laps, making my rounds, and and you know checking them out. Uh, but that we'll get to that. You know, once we have sixteen teams, it'll make it you know a lot more interesting to travel around and see some places. So yeah, I'm not surprised you said that. But at first, when you said Columbia, I was thinking Missouri. But you were talking about oh. South Carolina. Okay, yeah, no, 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 yeah. I agree. <laughs> okay, cool. now Missouri Stadium looks like a high school soccer field. Uh, <laughs> they they're trash. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Yeah, my favorite. I've only been to I've been to two SEC stadiums, Neyland and Death Valley. LSU is by far the coolest stadium I've ever been to. You don't remember a thing about Death Valley. I know that. Yeah, I know you don't know anything about that place. I got a koozie from you. Were, you were there in back. Pictures. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just want to note, I have a couple games just to watch, you know, just for people that are bored with this weekend's slate. Uh, Stanford-USC is a late game. I think that game will actually be very good. So if you're just looking for a good game to watch, tune into that late at night. Um, and then A&M-Colorado. I think that game has a lot more potential than what people are giving it credit for. 
I don't have a pick for it, but A&M going to Colorado, uh, look for that to be at least interesting for the first uh, probably 40 minutes of the game. Um, and then after that, I think A&M runs away with it. So just keep those games in mind if you're getting bored with the Saturday slate and, you know, see what happens. Yeah, I, I don't hate – I mean, A&M, they kind of struggled. They uh, covered, didn't they? Yeah, they did, but yeah. they they struggled in the very beginning. It took them a little. It took them a little, little time to uh, cover against Kent State. But yeah, they. Yeah, I mean they're also bringing a new quarterback as well. So I mean, I guess once you get through the jitters a little bit, but yeah, it could be an interesting game. And you yeah. know that's just that goes into that. You know, we'll, this week will be very crucial to figure out what the top five, top six, yeah. including A and M are made of, I guess Clemson's at six now, right? Um, this week will be crucial to figuring out, you know, what these teams are made of. Um, and then after this week, we start getting into some some conference games and things start getting exciting. So this week, fairly boring as far as, yeah, like, you know, college football goes. It, it doesn't give us the full Saturday, like, four or five huge games we want to see, but – it's college football. So, you know, it is what it is. So I'm excited. I'm excited to spend all day tomorrow in front of my, in front of my TVs. And uh, I guess we'll see how these picks do. Okay, cool. So I have one more play, Jason, are you out? I think I'm done, but we'll see what you got. Okay, cool. So got one question to pose to you. Then I'll get my last pick. Does LSU cover 38 and a half against McNeese state? Uh. So Ed O's son is the quarterback at McNeese State. Um, really? Does he take it easy? Yeah. Ed Orgeron's son is the quarterback. So oh, they don't cover. They don't cover. No way they don't yeah. cover. Yeah. Does Ed O take it? But I think Ed Orgeron's on the hot seat uh, pretty bad right now. Uh, listening to Paul Feinbaum show, as I know Marcus likes to do, uh, he might not do it as much as he used to with old Sims uh, in the back house there. But Paul Feinbaum fans are calling in like crazy, uh, ripping – Ed Orgeron, a new one. Um, so I think, you know, to kind of save face, he's got to put up a big number here. Um, but again, it's a it's a family game, so we'll see. LSU, uh, it's sad, but they I think they were a one-shot wonder. I think Edo's not the guy to get it done. Um, but who knows? But I kind of agree. Yeah, I agree with that. I love But I think we're going to see it. Yeah, I love him too. I love him too, but I don't. Good dude. What? I mean, it's hard to recruit somebody when they can't understand what you're offering them. You know, it's like trying to pitch an NIL deal, and you can't understand what the guy's saying. It's like, you know, I'd rather go to Tuscaloosa and and play with the goats. So, get all the free Mercedes Benzes at uh, Saving Exactly. Sponsors. There you yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so question. Did you guys hear that uh that quote that Ed Ogeron said to the UCLA fan? Yeah, yeah sissy blue shirt. Yeah, take off that sissy blue shirt. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a shocking game to me. I really, you know, UCLA has has really proven that their Chip Kelly's got that program back on track, and I'm excited to see what they do in Pac-12 play. But LSU going in there and laying an egg like they did was embarrassing for the SEC. Um, so I look for him to bounce back and, and try to get these get the Tigers back on the right track. Um, 
but the Tigers are not going to fare well in SEC play this year. I think they lose a lot of close games to Arkansas and Auburn. And um, I think by the end of the year, Edo might be, might be gone, if not next year. They better not lose to Auburn. I, no, hell no. Hell no. I hope not. Uh, All right. uh, okay, cool. Let you me got, get my last What's thing. your last play there? All right. So Michigan, Washington. We got the W and the W twisted around upside down. <laughs> um, but I don't think the M is going to matter because Jim Harbaugh's taking an L. I think Washington gets it done on the field. This line opened at four and a half. Uh, Michigan being a favorite, they're now a six and a half favorite. Um, I actually locked this in at seven personally. So at the, I'm pretty sure, and I'm looking on a bunch of books, you can still find uh, Michigan at plus seven. So that's what I'm locking for the pot, or sorry, Washington plus seven. That's what I'm locking for the pod. Uh, Jim Harbaugh's going to get fired this year. And I think this is the first step to that process. I think yeah, they'll, I was... they'll lose to, they'll lose to Washington They'll lose to Wisconsin, Michigan State, Penn State. Maryland might even get them. In some form or fashion of this easy schedule that I'm somewhat looking at, Michigan's just going to find a way to choke and lose these games. And Jim Harbaugh's going. Are, are you not – are you – so you're okay with Washington losing to Montana last weekend? Yeah. Yeah, if I'm, – I'm on board with you. If Harbaugh loses this game – Michigan fans are going to run his behind out of town. Right. After watching, he would have lost to a team. He would have lost to a team that lost to Montana. Exactly. If if you watched any of the Washington Montana game last week, which I did tune in for a good 25, 30 minutes, like that was embarrassing to a lot of teams in the Pac 12. The Pac 12 put up a huge L last week um, in their games, but. If Michigan loses to this Washington team, Jim Harbaugh has no more legs to stand on with the Michigan faithful, and his ass is going to be out of town. So I think Michigan has a lot to prove this year. If they don't get it done this week, then they're just write their season off. But if I think they're going to win the game. I think they're going to win it handily. So I'm against you on that one, Marcus. But I think you're right. They do lose a lot of Big Ten games this year, and Harbaugh might be gone. Is it a lock? No, I'm not going to lock it in. All right. Well, well I'm on Jason's just, side as well. Yeah. You think Michigan's going to get them? Yeah. You think I, they I cover? Think Do you think they cover? Yeah. yeah. I, I'm not going to mark this, but I would take them to cover, yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm cool to be on island. Dude. Unless unless Washington had a, had a you know, look-ahead game last week, which there's no excuse for a look-ahead game against FCS teams. Um, but – you know, who seven knows? Points, seven points against Montana. Exactly. So okay. Montana's points. a great FCS team. Yeah, FCS. They might as well be Bishop Sycamore. Who cares? Like Dude, no. last week Montana. was the week of the FCS. Did you see? Uh, did Vanderbilt overlook East Tennessee State? Yeah, well, okay. Well, that's that's <laughs> Vanderbilt. That's, that's Vanderbilt. They make those kids go to class. Like who? Like. <laughs> They don't got time for football there. I think I think the Vandy I actually had the Vandy game like highlighted on my sheet this week just as one to like keep an eye on. I gotta remember who they're playing though, because I just like I just barely like skinned over it. I gotta find it again though. Vanderbilt um, has Colorado State and Colorado yeah, yeah, State's yeah. a seven point favorite. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I would 
that's a, a nine o'clock game. That's a late game. So again, along with USC, uh, Stanford, like that might be another one of those games that you just click on just, you know, while you're, you know, trying to fall asleep or whatever you're doing on a Saturday night, like click that game on and just see what Vandy's doing. Cause there's no telling what that game's going to be. Heck yeah. No, that's awesome. Uh, anything else we want to recap uh, from last week or just talk about before we, uh, before we head out? Um, no, Auburn's still trash. Bo Nix put up a lot of numbers last week, but oh that's my God, a fraud. We're raving about him. Yeah, I mean, they're they're like, a fraud. Oh, they go to Penn, They go to Happy Valley here, and I think next week is it next weekend? It's either uh, next yeah, week yeah, 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 yeah. Um, here, let me check. It is Alabama goes to. It's next week. Uh, we go to, we go to Gainesville. We go to Gainesville next week. Yeah, I think. I think. I think. I think, uh, I think they go to Happy Valley next weekend. Yeah, yeah, Auburn's maybe. got um, yeah, they got Penn State next week. It's uh it's already slated for the seven thirty ABC game. So that'll definitely be yeah, that'll definitely be an electric electric game. But yeah, I don't see Auburn if Auburn pulls out of Penn State with the dub, uh you know, look out SEC West teams. So that'll definitely make the SEC a lot more entertaining this year, besides Alabama just running over everyone. Um but who knows? Um other than that, I don't really have any, you know big takeaways from week one other than it's week one so we'll see what happens week two and and we'll go from there hey jason what them hornets from uh, alabama state university gonna do for them auburn tigers you know this is another auburn always has this problem you know i've watched a lot of their trash games like this they don't respect their lesser opponents you hear nick saban talk about it all the time every game is losable um I think Alabama has a culture of treating every game like, you know, it's their last game or, you know, this game matters. So I think Auburn has a problem with that and they've had it in a while. So I would look for Alabama state to keep it tight for maybe half, you know, maybe three quarters of the first quarter, but after that Auburn's going to run away with it. So Alabama state's got some spunk. They've got some fire, uh, but they're not going to hang with Auburn and Bo Nix is probably going to have another big game and everybody's going to be all over him and he's going to, show exactly what he is later in the season when he plays a good team. So, Does uh, Alabama State cover the 49 points? I would I probably think, go, I yeah. I think Bo Nix can put up, like, 50. I don't think he can. I think they cover. I mean, who knows? But who cares? Honestly, it's Auburn. Nobody cares anymore. But um, Clemson, we need to talk about that because, again, we talked about it <laughs> earlier. Like, I'm a fan loving to shit on Clemson last year. Well, it's like – you know, you, you come out against the life you guys live. I mean, I don't think you get it how easy you have it. Oh, I have it extremely easy, but like, we have just, we have it the worst. Excited for games? Oh, I get excited. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt on that. But we have it the worst when our team team loses. Like if Virginia Tech loses, Marcus might get one text message or one group message about you know, haha, VT thought they were good or whatever, or NC State. But when Alabama loses a game in the regular season, it it lights everybody up. And Clemson's tried to be that for so long, and they've you know walked through such an easy schedule for so long, and they get to the end of the year, and they've gotten it done a lot. But to look the way they did against Georgia and not be able to put up an offensive touchdown when their quarterback has had so much hype put on him, and they did lose a lot of guys, but 
Davo Sweeney ought to, ought to be able to get that team right for the first game of the year, knowing it's that big of a game and they didn't, they didn't get it done. So again, we'll see what they're made of in the next couple of weeks. I don't think we're going to see much this week in a cupcake. So, you know, it's left the, the fight to the end is already on for Clemson. So they better get to work. Yeah, no, that's the truth. Uh, one more question then I swear we'll recap and get out of here. All right. So growing up in North Carolina, um, we know one school is Carolina, which is Chapel Hill. And we know like one team is state, which is NC State. When I moved to Charlotte, Charlotte has an influx of like Clemson and like South Carolina graduates. And I was talking to a guy, he actually sat next to me, um, a first shot at Bank of America. And he said, oh, I went to Carolina. I said, oh, you went to Chapel Hill? Like, he said, oh, no, no, I went to South Carolina. I was like, oh, okay. So question for the SEC boy, when you guys say state, do you refer to Mississippi State? Yeah, yeah, it's Mississippi State. Um, and then Carolina is going to be South Carolina. So, okay. I mean, that's pretty easy, you know, when you're just talking. We didn't really talk much about NC State or Chapel Hill much when I was growing up or, you know, through the last 10, 15 years. So that's just, you know, I like the cowbell, though. Mississippi State, actually, it was kind of an interesting environment to go into um, when Alabama beat them at home uh, the last 20 years that they beat them at home. Um, so I went down there for a game. It's only like an hour and 15 minutes from Tuscaloosa, so it's not a very far drive. Um, and it was actually kind of fun to go there, but it, the stadium literally is just planted in the middle of a empty field. There's not much, like, there's nothing in Starkville besides Mississippi State University. Same with Auburn University. There's nothing in Auburn, Alabama besides Auburn University, which, you know, that speaks to to who those people are. They can all go crawl in a hole. I don't care. Yeah, I think that's definitely an SEC thing because uh, a guy I work with, he went to uh, UT, and when he was talking about state, and I was like, oh, NC State said no, Mississippi State. I'm like, all right, well, yeah. we're, we're not on the same page here. He did Different say, levels. I think he did say Carolina was Chapel Hill. I don't know. Because you think if you go to USC, when somebody says, I want to stay, it's not South Carolina State, is it? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it is. No. Well, it, just being in North Carolina the last six years, I've kind of gotten into that same habit where Carolina is Chapel Hill and, and State is NC State, just from the talk that I've had. So you normally understand what somebody's trying to say just by the context of the conversation. So, but also, if you're from North Carolina, you don't refer to South Carolina as South Carolina. You say USC, like, yeah. And then, yeah. like, Southern Cal is Southern Cal. Yeah. For the majority of the time, I would say. Brett, you agree? See, with South Carolina, with USC, I think of USC as Southern Cal, honestly. That's, that's where I think of USC. I just – just because I think they're more superior than South Carolina. I yeah, and I think it switched for me when, like, we were in high school and, like, going to colleges because when you yeah. ask somebody where you apply to, they say, oh, I'm going to USC, and you kind of knew it was South Carolina. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Do you guys have any good opinions on the college football playoff or the NCAA realignment stuff? Like, that's been the hot topic. I know you all talked about it earlier in the year on the pod, but now the Big 12 – is expanding with some questionable but obviously understandable, you know, additions to the conference. So, like, where do you guys see the college football playoff or at least even the NCAA going in the next five, ten years once all these teams start reshuffling? 
I mean, I, I really don't like it. I'm tired of comp entry alignment. I'm not really a huge fan of it. I think it kind of – I hope it just doesn't ruin the sport, honestly. I just – I mean, I know it's all about the money. So, it's it's always going to be about the money. It's, it's literally all it's ever been about. I'm not, I'm not really opposed to the college football playoff expanding. I think it does need to be four, more than four. I would probably prefer eight than the kind of 12 they proposed just because I think when you get to 12, I mean, especially for the last, like, what, four to five years, there's really mm-hmm. been only – there's there's probably been only two teams that actually have been – had a chance. Snuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and when it comes to most of the year – during i think it's just a waste again i mean I, once again it's money but it's it's alabama it's clinton it's ohio state those are really the three teams every single year i mean that's that's how it is so i think you're gonna have some blowouts in the college football playoff but as long as it gets views they're gonna continue to do it so it really doesn't matter yeah, well, Brent, I agree with you by saying, like, it's very top-heavy. There's only, like, four or five teams that could actually compete. And that's why I even think, like, more or less, just, just stay with four because there aren't eight teams that are capable that, like, should, like, win the national championship. Like, there's tiers to it. And although you can get eight good teams to play, um, I think the four really makes you stand out and makes it more elite. When it comes to realignment, I think it'll be good for teams in our backyard. So, like, for example, or like Charlotte, get out of the get out of Conference USA, go to the American, App State, get out of the Sun Belt, go to the American, like play ECU, like have those rivalries every year. I think it'll be good um, for like regional teams. But when it just gets across the board and I mean, a bunch of games that you grew up just loving, just like lose meaning. I'm not a big proponent of it. I would like to see it stay where it is. I think it's good, but I mean, it's going to move for money. That's the name of the game. Yeah, I um, I actually think the biggest thing for college football now to level the playing field is going to be the NIL. Uh, I think you're going to see the superstars go to the superstar programs. I think, honestly, Alabama is going to fall a little bit behind on the NIL game. I know Bryce Young has made a million dollars or whatever so far. But Nick Saban doesn't like those superstar players, or at least he doesn't tolerate them as much as a lot of these other coaches will. So I think you'll see, you know, these superstar players start to go to some of these other like powerhouse schools that haven't been relevant, like Michigan and Texas and stuff, because they know that they might go there and they might not have the amount of talent that Alabama has, but they're going to get all that money that comes with being in that in that region and being with that university. So I think the NIL will help level the playing field as far as talent goes. It just depends on how the how the programs, you know, handle that the NIL deals and how they handle the responsibility of that. The college football playoff, though, like, you know, the expansion has to come with with the production value. You know, as we see the last four or five years, the first round of the college football playoff, one of the two games is always a blowout and it's not worth watching. So it's like, how can you justify putting another four games on TV you know, New Year's Day, if three of the four are going to be blowouts, you know, and nobody's going to watch them. So you've got to level the playing field as far as competition goes first and then open it up to those. Like once you get eight teams that are worthy of all playing for a national title, then you can have eight, you know, playoff games. But until then, or you can have four playoff games. But until then, the four just makes it, you know, I like bowl season how it is. Like bowl season gives me something to do in the off season. And 
you know, I, I'm, I'm there to watch two teams that would never play each other play. And, and I don't care if it's Mac games, Mac versus the American. Like I just want to watch some good football and that's what you get out of most of the bowl games. So until, until some evening out of the playing field happens, don't expand it. But when you do expand it, make it, make it fun, I guess. So we'll see. No, heard that. I think that wraps it all on a very good note. So let's go ahead and recap. And of course, we're going to start with our sponsor, 910 Coastal Q, smoking hot pick of the week, USC laying two over Pirates down east in Greenville, North Carolina. And then we're going to start with our guest picker, Jason. He is also laying USC with two points. He's on Tennessee catching three. Ohio State laying 14 and a half against Oregon. He's also on the Ohio State Oregon over 63 and a half. He's taking the Service Academy over 41 and a half. Iowa plus four, NC State laying one. The Blazers of Birmingham down there in Bama. They are catching 23 and a half against Georgia. He's hoping for a cover there. Kentucky minus five against Missouri and Arkansas plus seven. I, since I am the leader in the clubhouse for the show, I'm taking South Carolina minus two, Pitt minus three, Hokies laying 19 against Middle Tennessee State, agreeing with Jason, Iowa plus four and a half, NC State laying one as well, Missouri plus five and a half going against Jason there and getting an extra hook in there, and I'm also on Washington plus seven. I think they'll get it done on the field against Michigan. Brett. Pitt minus three, thinking that they're going to go down to Neyland Stadium, get it done. He's also agreeing with Jason, Ohio State minus 14 and a half. Iowa State minus four and a half going against me and Jason there. But again, creating the this great trust and unity that we have all on NC State Pack playing one against Mississippi State. And he is also on Arkansas plus seven. Woo pig suey. Mm-hmm. All right, Marcus, real quick before we close out, uh, halftime score in Myrtle Beach. We've got uh, Coastal up 28-15. Do they cover? Oh, man. What was the spread, 22? It was 20 – was it not 27? It, it might have been up. Uh, I thought they were giving them four. But anyway, I mean, they're only up by, uh, by what, eight right now. So they got a lot of work to do. Yeah, no, they're about 13, 15, 28, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 27. Um, College math. Yeah, Alabama education for you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not a math major like some of, you know, like the patios in the world. No, they don't cover this game. They don't right. cover. NCA and T and Duke are 14-14 right now as well. Duke sucks. Yeah, yeah Cliff, Duke, Cliff is going to be asked to step down this year. I'm going. Yeah, yeah he, needs, he needs to retire. He needs to go out. He just needs to retire. Yeah, well, let's um, go. Uh, let's go Aggies for sure. My my aunt's alma mater. My mom's two sisters both there. Let's go Aggies. All right, fellas. Well, this was fun. Uh, everyone, thank you for tuning in to Half the Distance to the Goal. Again, Jason, thanks for joining us. My co-host, Brett, no always good talking to you. And I am your other co-host, Marcus Bullock. We're signing off. Uh, we will recap for you next week. Uh, thanks for tuning in to Half the Distance to the Goal.